The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Soulful Living on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Terry Williams. Hey, wherever you are in the world today, I welcome you to another 30 minutes of Soulful Living here at Empower Radio. So it's always a treat for me when I get to interview a fellow or sister Empower Radio host. Today, my guest is Lisa Campion, and she has a show on the network that you guys are going to want to tune into. All the info will be here on the Soulful Living page. Um, And today we're going to talk about Lisa's latest work, The Art of Psychic Reiki, a step-by-step guide to understanding and developing your psychic and intuitive gifts. Um, I was telling her pre-show that I've had a few people that have taken Reiki 1 and 2 and a lot of training and kind of got lost and got left behind from their teachers. Not me, of course. I was not their teachers. Um, And so I've been referring them to this book. And one of the things that I absolutely loved in reviewing this was um, a paragraph on one of her pages that says, whether you're new to Reiki or a practitioner seeking to deepen your knowledge and enhance your skills, with this guide, you will learn how to use Reiki to heal yourself and others, cultivate and trust your natural intuition, develop your empathic and psychic abilities, work with your spirit guides and ground and protect yourself as a practitioner of this sacred healing art. I think you could use this in your life, regardless of whether you were a Reiki practitioner or not. And rather than me going on and on, I welcome you to Soulful Living, Lisa. Thanks so much, Terry. Thank you so so much for having me on your show. It's such a treat for me. Well, and I really am loving the book. I loved that paragraph. And as a Reiki master myself, I have found some really great insights in here. I think that we're always learning no matter where we are on on the healing path, right? Yeah, definitely. There's always um, new skills to learn. And I also think as we deepen as healers and spiritual beings, our 
talents and gifts also increase. So you might notice you're becoming more sensitive, more psychic as you go down your healing journey. And that that's wonderful, but it can also be scary for people if they're not like they don't know what to do about that. Yeah. And I get I'm getting that you that was really a big part of your inspiration for writing the book was because you a lot of people that you were working with and hearing from were kind of intimidated and fearful of that psychic awareness that was expanding in their lives. Yes, absolutely. Or they were totally swamped by the empath stuff, you know, so as they got more sensitive, they were feeling very um, burdened and overwhelmed by the their sensitivity kicking in. And it, it all sort of came to me when I was teaching Reiki, and I've been teaching Reiki for about 20 years now, for, for quite a long time. And I I had a student who came in and said that she, she was a super talented Reiki practitioner. She said she'd stopped because she felt like um, that Reiki had opened a doorway for her um, and really increased her psychic and she was, she was scared. Mm. And I, and it's really stepped back from it. And that made me really sad because I, I feel like my mission is to train healers, psychics and empaths. Um, and I, I see those as sort of all being together. They're sort of like the same type of person because now, especially now more than ever, we, the world needs all the healers it can get. We all, and many people are being called to the healing path. I think it's sort of part of the, the shift or the ascension that we're in right now. Healers' skills are waking up. Healers' abilities are waking up. And our, our, the people around us, their issues are activating. And there's this general call, I think, that healers are feeling um, all of our gifts are activating, and if you don't know what to do, it can be overwhelming or frightening. Yeah, so let's rewind a little bit. Let's give the listeners um, some insight into what Reiki is. Sure, yeah, it's a great question. And Reiki is a gentle but powerful energy healing technique from Japan. It's been around for a while. Um, and where, where I live in Boston, um, Reiki is used in all the big city Boston hospitals, and we have some of the best hospitals in the in the world, actually. And if you're in a, a hospital here, you can call people, call a complementary and alternative medicine um, unit, and they will send Reiki down to you pre and post surgery um, for pain relief um, if you're receiving chemotherapy. So where I live, Reiki has really um, gained a lot of popularity in mainstream medicine as being um, very effective at handling depression, anxiety, and pain relief. It really is an amazing tool. You know, one of my favorite stories, and I won't get into all of the details, is um, being able to work with my nephew who he's 40, but five years ago he was diagnosed with um, leukemia and within hours uh, prior to his diagnosis, he reached out to me and he's like, I want you on my team, Aunt Terry, because I know you'll work with me. Nobody else in the family knows what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it really is such an amazing tool and that Western medicine is opening up to it is fabulous. They're even teaching it in hospitals now, which, you know, 10 years ago, people thought we were crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they totally did. And, and it, it's been amazing to see the the shift um, in, in how hospitals are receiving it and how the mainstream people are receiving it. And I used to teach, I still do teach a lot of nurses, and now even I teach physicians. Um, and I taught a nurse, I was probably 10 years ago, and people, you still had to be really quiet about it. And they would they would learn on the sly, and they wouldn't tell anybody that they were doing Reiki. Mm-hmm. And that's we've come a long way, you know. 
from, yeah. from that to it's more much more understood and accepted. And there's been a lot of research too with Reiki that, you know, that people have been researching just like they research meditation um, to sort of uh, document the healing uh, effects of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so one question that everybody always asks me is, where does it come from? Where does that energy come from? You know, it, I think that a lot, many Reiki practitioners, like you could ask 10 different Reiki practitioners, and they might all give you a different story. Um, answer to that, in my opinion, is that it, it really comes from this universal life force that's around us, that animates us, the, the chi, the, you know, the energy field that is around us, that when we learn Reiki, we learn how to tap this universal life force energy, um, and, which is really good because if you have the soul of a healer and you are touching people, working hands-on with people, or working, close, working closely with people, we have this natural ability to give our own energy. You know, if let's say you're a massage therapist and you're doing 20 massages a week, you might be giving your own energy to your clients, which is going to deplete you and um, make you tired and, and maybe sick. But when we learn Reiki, we learn to tap this universal life force so it never runs out. And then you, that same massage therapist could be um, doing those 20 sessions but continually pulling on this universal life force energy. Um, and, and I think that's sort of my closest understanding to it. I've worked with other Reiki uh, teachers who are very sort of religious or very Christian in there. They, they're like, well, Reiki comes from God. It comes from Jesus. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, it does. You know, like, I, you know, whatever I think uh, works for you may, may be the answer. What do you think, Terry? What's your answer to that? Well, I totally agree with you, but I'm, I just had a thought uh, and a chuckle. Um, as you said, Reiki comes from Jesus. It reminded me of what you posted uh, <laughs> yesterday or this week on your page about somebody saying it was Satan. So I love that somebody that is of a Christian mindset would say that it comes from God. Isn't that just a beautiful opposite, right? It totally is. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. I, I really feel like I'd made the big time when somebody accused me of being an agent of, of Satan. And what was really funny is I totally misread that and thought they said I was an agent of Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's my chuckle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, I'm totally an agent of Santa. How sweet. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really great. Okay, so thanks for that sidebar there. I loved it. Um, Another question that people always ask me is, can anybody, can anybody practice Reiki, even if it's just for themselves? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the miracles about Reiki. So I also teach it in energy medicine school. Um, it's a full spectrum, sort of within the lineage of Barbara Brennan. It's three years. It's quite a commitment. It's a long, long, you know, uh, program and it's very intense. And I love that, too. That's that's sort of a different path. But one of the things that I like about Reiki is it's so accessible. It's so easy to learn. I mean, I've taught children. I've taught teenagers. I've taught, you know, I've really actually never encountered anyone that couldn't learn it. And and I have, uh, you know, I think that's sort of the miracle of Reiki. Um, and, and my show on a power radio is called The Miracle of Healing. So I sort of like this, this idea of miracles. But um, I had my Reiki miracle story. One of them is... When, when my kids were little, my uh, my friend's son was five, and he was in the hospital with leukemia, and he was pretty sick. And I went in there, and I taught his mom how to do Reiki in about an hour. You know, I gave her the attunement. I taught her mm -hmm. hand positions for herself and for her son, and then I, I left, you know. And 
I came back a few days later and she was just raking everybody. She was so happy. She was raking herself and her husband and her kid and the mom of the kid in this, you know, in this next bed. And then all the nurses that came in, it was like a Reiki fest in there. And uh, her son is fine. He's a, you know, healthy 25 year old now. Um, but I, to me, that was the real miracle is that you can, she didn't have time to go to three years of energy medicine school. She needed something right then. Yeah, so it was like giving her Reiki on steroids, right? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And yeah, that's what a me, beautiful story. Path. Yeah, I love. That's what I love, and so it's so accessible. Really, anyone can learn it. So, um, briefly, my story: like my son was injured twenty-seven years ago. He was two in an accident, and somebody showed up on my doorstep that had just returned from um, the east to study Reiki and. Uh, divine healing and they said my son would never regain full mobility of his arm again and you fast forward after this gentleman worked on my son and he had 95% of his mobility back as soon as they took the pins out of his arm so I was hooked man I was like oh my god I am giving up accounting and I want to learn everything I can about this energy work stuff so that's cool it, and it really is miraculous and it's miraculous and amazing and wonderful all at the same time that it is, I believe, like you believe, anybody can practice it. It is here with us 24-7 and all we need to do is learn a few things and we are on our way. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit more then about the psychic piece that... Uh, kind of happens automatically when you begin really practicing this this art, developing your own skill. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Terry. That's I love that question, and it, it's an interesting um, experience for me because I really started my life as a healer as a psychic. So I I started working as a psychic when I was nineteen, and did a lot of that. I studied counseling and psychology. Um, then, and, and then at, then at some point I really wanted to begin to work inside the energy field and, and to work inside people's bodies. And that's when I learned Reiki. So for me, it was a very natural, um, combination of things that that's, mm-hmm. it's what I've o- always been doing together. And, um, and what I found was that, I, I mean, I feel like people's Reiki is, is very individual and Reiki evolves a lot and we when we learn Reiki and we start to teach it we sort of mix it with the things that we're already doing and that's why there's angel Reiki and quantum Reiki and <clears throat> Kundalini Reiki and all these different kinds Reiki is very um, good at evolving with who's ever teaching it and so my thing was psychic Reiki because that's what I was that's who I am you know as a mm-hmm. healer so I was kind of attracting these students that had more than the normal share of, of, of empathic abilities and psychic abilities. And I, and I really began to notice in my mind a correlation between these things that as healers, and we're really called to be healers, we often have other sensitivities. We have other gifts. And the gift of being an empath, of being able to feel what other people are feeling um, and in their bodies and their emotions and this ability to connect with our own intuition and maybe our guides and angels is that's a really beautiful package for somebody that's meant to do healing work. And we can help our clients more if we learn to manage our sensitivities and we learn to open to our to our psychic ability. So 
it, it makes sense in my mind that they should all be together <laughs> in one person. So that's the kind of student that, that I get, you know, and, the, and I think the kind of people that are, are attracted to my, drawn to my book. And then also the, the process of learning Reiki and practicing, especially Reiki level two, you learn those symbols, they open up your, you know, your pineal gland, they open up your psychic ability. Um, that they, they, if you have gifts like that already, it's going to, um, the process of learning Reiki and using the symbols are, it's going to open it even more. And I think, yes, why we should do that. We should open them and we should train that stuff together so that we can, our clients can benefit the more we fully can access our gifts. And so let's talk about a little bit deeper on that. You know, let's talk about some of the ways that people may sense that psychic, um, that psychic awareness. You know, there's, there's different ways they may hear, they may smell, they may, you know, they may, um, uh, sense their own psychic abilities in different ways, you know, clairaudience, clairsentient. And I know you cover that a bit in the book, and I'd love to just hear a little bit of your take on some of the top ways that people come through. And what do you mean by an empath for those that are listening that aren't aware of it? Well, empath is one of the psychic gifts. So we have, um, everybody has different psychic gifts and some people have the full boat like every psychic channel open um and others of us have you know are we're receiving information along a specific channel it's like a channel on tv that you know that you watch the most and i think people get a little stuck on this topic because they feel like they're not psychic unless they're seeing things and mm-hmm. the, all the tv psychics we have you know um are visual psychics i happen to be a visual psychic um so i i see things and um, and it's one of the more rare ones, you know, and it's a little unwieldy and hard to use. And um, it's it's a lot of times people with a strong visual psychic are the ones that come to my psyche development classes and they're like, make it go away. Please make it stop. I don't want it, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can be challenging. And it's there's also many other ways, much more common and is the auditory psychic. So clear audience. And that's when we, we hear our guidance, like a voice in our head. And mostly the psychic gifts are not um, so extreme that you see things like a delusion or like a hallucination. It's like you see with your inner eye, with your imagination eye, you know, you hear things. Sometimes we hear it with our actual ears, but often we're hearing it in as inside a voice inside our own head that when we practice we can learn to distinguish that between our own inner dialogue and the the voice of our guidance and some people get more in the body like they're feeling sensations in their body um which is also a very reliable and strong one empaths are more about feeling things so they feel things in their body but they'll also tune into the emotions of the person's person that they're with so an empath is you know, if you have an empath Reiki person, they put their hands on you and they're going to feel in their body what you're feeling in your body. And they're, they're going to feel your emotions as if they're their emotions. And that is a wonderful diagnostic tool if you're a healer and can be very confusing and upsetting if you don't know how to manage that gift or what it's for. I know for me personally, I kind of show up in several different ways. Um, I do see things. I do sense things. I do feel things. And for me personally, when I feel it in my body, it took me a long time to really determine that, wait, this is not mine, right? Like I'm feeling something and all of a sudden 
I can look around and I, I had to tell myself, this is not mine. And then it was time to learn, okay, how do I, how do I process this? How do I figure out what is mine? And, um, many times I found that when a client booked an appointment, I didn't really know what they were coming in for, but I would start feeling within my body what it was that they were experiencing. And I had to really learn to ground and protect myself, which again, you cover that in the book too, which is amazing. Different Mm -hmm. tools that I've learned about that. Um, But it really became important. And for me to walk around a lot and say, this is not mine. This is not mine. You know, this is not mine. And um, so many different ways that we need to learn as you said, to kind of determine what it is, how to process it, and then add to it how to ground ourselves. Yeah, I think, and I think the best, so that's one of the biggest issues people have when they're really opening to this world, that how do I trust it? How do I know what's mine and what's not mine? And then how do I, how do I deal with it? It's sort of the two things people struggle with. And I, I think mm-hmm. what you were doing was perfect, which is to ask yourself the question, is this mine or is this somebody else's? And it, and as we begin to go into that inquiry, we can often figure it out pretty quickly. And when I was new to this stuff, I would just straight up ask my clients, you know, be like, oh my, all of a sudden my lower back is killing me. Is that you? Like, how's mm-hmm. your lower, how's your back feeling? oh yeah, it's totally, it's, I came in with this horrible thing. I think I need surgery. You know, like that's, um, that's how I learned was to continually ask the question and sometimes Mm -hmm. really ask another person. Um, And then, and we call that in psychic development, we call that discernment. So discernment Mm -hmm. is the art of, of knowing what's, what's what when we're, when we're um, beginning to like sort of really open to this Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so listeners, I'm having a conversation with Lisa Campion, and we are talking about her work with her her new book, The Art of Psychic Reiki, Developing Your Intuitive and Empathic Abilities for Energy Healing. You can find all of Lisa's info here at the Soulful Living page, and you can tune into her show, The Miracle of Healing, right? Yes. Yeah, here on Empower Radio. So, um, Reiki, that, you know, the art of psychic Reiki, it has been, for me, one of the most profound tools that I could incorporate into my own life. And I always tell people that if you do it, nothing else for than for yourself, not, you know, go into it as a healing tool for yourself, not necessarily as um, going to heal the planet. And I like what you said, too, about using it with your family. And I loved the story about the woman in the hospital. I'm sure you have hundreds of stories, though. And I know you share some different different stories in the book. Um, I love how you break it down with kind of a recap of each chapter and what you've learned in each book. And you cover Reiki one and two. We're kind of getting down to the wire here. We've only got about five minutes left, but I'd like to give the listeners an idea of the different levels of Reiki before we uh, say goodbye and, um, and put that out there so that they kind of know what to expect. So let's talk about Reiki 1, Reiki 2, Reiki 3. Sure, yeah. I do think there's some difference in how Reiki teachers teach this. And I, I tend to teach sort of a, a quick version, like I'm a, a fast teacher. I teach it quickly. Other people teach very long and slow. Mm-hmm. Um, Reiki, for me, the way that I teach it at Reiki 1 is a study of, 
um, you know, we really practice on focus on self healing, um, working on ourselves, working on our families, our friends. I call it kitchen table Reiki. Somebody's crying at your kitchen table, you give them Reiki. Um, and that it's Ooh, very I love powerful. That. Yeah, it's wonderful. And that's a lot of Reiki One practitioners. It, and I teach all positions from somebody sitting in a chair because maybe you don't have a healing table and you're just going to do Reiki on the fly. Mm-hmm. Reiki 2 is called the practitioner level, and that's where we learn a few of the Reiki symbols. I think anyone who's working with their hands on people should get to Reiki 2. Hairdressers, nail techs, nurses, massage therapists. And we learn also long-distance healing at Reiki level two. And this is the one that tends to really pop people's psychics open. Then the Reiki three, which is also sometimes called the master level, you learn how to teach Reiki, how to give the attunement so that you can pass the ability to do Reiki to the students. You learn sort of the the master symbols, which are more working on the level of the soul and doing spiritual healing. Um, And that's how I teach it. And so would you say that the attunements are kind of like an initiation into the Reiki teachings and, or to the, to the Reiki energy itself? Absolutely. An initiation is exactly the word that Yusui Sensei used, Reiju, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he would, uh, he would give you an initiation that way. And it's sort of the initiation uses breath and the Reiki symbols to permanently change your energy field so that you can... S- connect specific to the specific frequency that Reiki is, which is the frequency of unconditional love. Mm. Yeah. And isn't it beautiful? I mean, we, we hold Reiki shares here in our community for practitioners and for um, just the general public. And it's so amazing to just participate, not only in the healing end of it, but the receiving end. It's such a beautiful, loving energy that uh, once you I, it's like an addiction. I tell my husband who, whoa, sorry about that. Um, um, you know, I always tell my husband who's comes from a Buddhist perspective and he's not really into it, but he'll, he'll say, just do it distance. So I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, oh my God, you, you just have to feel it. It's so amazing. It is amazing. It's so loving and nurturing and comforting. I think that's really how most people feel when they receive Reiki. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in the book, you, you, Go into detail about Reiki 1 and Reiki 2. After um, after reading the book, if somebody wanted to get attuned to Reiki, how would they go about doing that? Well, they I think you can find a teacher in your area. That's definitely one way to do it. And I also have... Um, that as a uh, available on my website so you can go to my website lisacampion.com and uh, and book uh, a half an hour session with me and I'll attune you I love that that's awesome well we are down to the wire here Lisa this has been such an amazing show I loved that we could um, in this you know 27 minutes really get into some of the juicy stuff about uh, Reiki itself and of course the book The Art of Psychic Reiki I love for my guests to leave the listeners with something that they can take out into the day to elevate their soul empower themselves in some way what would that be for you? I think you'd be really trusting your learning to trust your heart and your gut um, and go from that, go from there, like live in, in the world from our hearts. Mm, I love that. And, and I'm going to kind of rewind to your word discernment, right? That's how, yes. how they can really step into learning that. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, let's do this again. It was great fun and so informative. Thank you, Terry. 
I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.